0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Welcome to Gun Show. I am joined tonight by
1: Garrett. Hello, everyone. And T-Bag. Hello, everybody. And tonight we're going to be talking about dots, hashtag dot last.
2: Dots and uh, Red dot sights and pistols are, are quite sort of uh, topical at the moment, and they have been for a while, and they're just getting more and more popular. So we thought we'd have a little chat about uh, what, what a red dot sight is, what they do, why we would want one on our gun, and uh, how, you know, living with them, sort of the day-to-day things we need to know about having a, a red dot on a competition or a carry gun, and then a bit of discussion about some specific red dots and choosing your red dots. So uh, hope you find it interesting and, and hope uh, you bear with us for, the, for this.
0: So, uh, yeah. So, Derek, let's talk a little bit about what red dots are as a as a base concept and how they differ from iron sights that most people are familiar with in, in one way or the other. And how dots on pistols differ from dots on rifles or shotguns, which is what people are probably more familiar with than they are with these devices on pistols.
2: Red dots are are exactly that. They're they're optical sights, so they have a, a glass lens or some glass lenses, and an LED or something will project a little red dot onto that lens as an aiming point, so... Uh, if you've ever played a video game you've seen various types of red dots uh, generally rifle, carbines now rifles in general very really have a sight that isn't an optical sight, iron sights are becoming really really rare unless it's for a very very sort of specialised purpose like a sport that requires <laughs> that you use iron sights um, so they're generally electronic um, so they'll generally run on some sort of battery, uh, there are a couple of other systems, can um, have a system that uses a combination of tritium and fiber optic, uh, but the vast majority and generally the only ones we ever recommend are battery-powered, different types of batteries, uh, and, and you've got a little red light to – a little red dot on the lens to aim with. There are different iron sights, being the normal sights that you, your, your pistol generally comes with, and even if they're polymer, we still call them iron sights. Uh, With iron sights, we have to line up a front sight, a red sight, and a target. And generally, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on that front sight. With a red dot, we don't have to try and line up those three things. So with a red dot, what we do is we put the dot on the thing we want to hit. Um, And if we pull the trigger without moving the gun and the gun zeroed, the bullet goes where the dot was. Uh, So with a red dot, we're going to focus on the target. We're not going to focus on the sights.
0: So target focus has has great advantages um, in terms of you can, if, if we're thinking defensive shooting, you obviously keep your, your actual focus on the threat as opposed to trying to shift to a front sight potentially. We know that people tend to shoot a little bit more threat focused or target focused anyway in defensive situations in general. So this is a, a, an advantage. Also over sort of the lifespan of the human race, we have been used to doing target focused stuff. Uh, when we're competing in sports or we're doing uh, fighting of, of any sorts. Uh, so this is this is a step forward as opposed to iron sights where we're trying to force ourselves to do something that we don't normally choose to do if we're not shooters. So if you hand a gun to to someone and you say, here, shoot that thing, they're probably going to try and, and target focus as opposed to try and front side focus until you explain to them how those things actually work. Not needing to line up the bumpy things is quite important. It takes out a lot of the minor adjustments and things that people have to learn in order to properly line up iron sights, which over time becomes autonomous. You just do it because your brain knows what they're supposed to look like. And over time, it just does it automatically and, and it can do it quite rapidly. But not leaning to do that is quite a difference in the way that you can shoot because you can probably be faster on targets that are of greater difficulty. So shooting at greater distance or shooting things that are moving is substantially easier in general once you're accustomed to the dot.
2: Yeah, you know, the, if we if we're discussing it from a from a purely mechanical point of view, it, it it's pretty easy to learn the dot because you you can focus on the target. You you're not trying to shift your focus between something else, uh, you know, between a front sight and then see what's happening with the rear sight and seeing what's happening with the target. And, and a lot of people naturally sort of eye sprint, they try and sort of bounce between the sites and, and, and the target, or they end up focusing on the wrong thing. Whereas with a dot, you look at the target, you put the dot on the target, and, and that's the aiming segment. So the aiming is much easier. From a defensive point of view, we've got a couple of big advantages there. One is that you can be looking at, you're going to be wanting to look at the target, you know, sort of your your entire evolution is to try and look at the thing trying to kill you. Um, so that's what your, 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 sort of physiology is designed to do. That's what your body wants to do. Um, and we try and fight that with iron sights. And contrary to what some internet pundits claim, you can, um, but it is harder. By focusing on the target, we get to see what it's doing as well. And that means that we can. We're, it's easier to see it move, go for a weapon, anything like that, it's also and this is really important from a self defense point of view it's also easy to see what it does when it gives up so if you're target focused and he drops the gun drops the knife turns around and starts running away you are aware of that that tiny little bit quicker and it is we're talking tiny little bit of amounts of time but you know we're talking about a situation where those tiny little bit of amounts of time can make a big difference so not only does it make it easier to fire shots if we need to it also makes it easier to not fire shots if we don't need to and with with any sort of defensive uh, you know weapon of any sort that second bit is as important if not more important than the first bit uh you know if, if we can be ahead of the curve and not firing shots that we don't need to because he's he's broken off the attack we're winning you know that's that that's that's a great advantage and that is easier with uh, with the dot. you know yeah with sights you can target focus what happens a lot of times when people target focus line sights is they miss. You know, they they start bringing the gun up and just firing shots without, you know, without any sort of visual index on where the sights are, and therefore often no idea of where the gun's pointing. So, the, the red dot in that sort of thing gives us a best of best of both worlds advantage of of the ability to shoot as accurately, in fact, to shoot more accurately, um, and the ability to to be aware of what's happening downrange more than, than with iron sights. Uh, and there's less clutter in your eyes. You know, there's, there's less clutter in your vision because you're looking at, at a, through a screen at a target. You're not cutting a target in half with three pieces of metal. Uh, and until you've shot a gun with a dot and then gone back to a gun with irons, you probably won't understand how big of a difference that makes. Um, it, it's, it's video game mode. Uh, it, it is substantially easier uh, once you've got an idea of how to use that dot.
1: Sticking with a dot in a, your defensive environments, is it not going to be more versatile across a bigger variety of conditions and, and especially lighting conditions than what you'd find with iron sights? Well,
2: that, that is one of the massive advantages. You know, there's, there's a whole discussion about what sort of iron sights to put on a carry gun and there's... There's Team Fiber Optic and Team uh, Plain Black Sights. They're quite a small team and they're generally young and have really good eyes. Um, there's Team Tritium. Um, so there's a whole lot of different sort of beliefs about what sort of sights, your your iron sights, your defensive pistol should have. And all of them have advantages in different light conditions. You know, in, in broad daylight against a light target, if your eyes are good, Plain Black Sights have a lot going for them. There's a lot of light conditions where, where a fiber optic front sight can be quite visible. Um, there's some light conditions where tritium pops really nicely. But all of those sites, you're going to find light conditions where they're either completely useless or more often dramatically reduced in their usefulness. Whereas with a red dot, um, from the middle of the day in a hot summer's day in Africa, to the middle of the night with all the lights switched off, your sighting system will work. Obviously, positive idea of the target is a different thing, but from a purely mechanical point of view, you've got a sighting system with most red dots, and that, that's where, that is thats something we'll get into. But with most red dots, you've then got a system that's gonna work in whatever lighting conditions we're dealing with. So, yeah fantastic advantage
0: that's something that it has going for it over uh laser targeting systems too now i'm not advocating anyone goes and buys a laser system of any sort. it's not something that i have substantial experience with but some people see that as an alternative to iron sights and uh, lasers have the exact same problem where in certain lighting conditions they just wash out completely um, you're also obviously more likely to obscure them with pieces of clothing and rubbish than you are with irons but red dots solve the, the, those problems of mixed lighting conditions in a far greater way than than laser sites do. Uh, and then iron sites can, even if you're running like tritium HD sites, um, those still have some conditions in which they're not not optimal uh, as opposed to a dot. Now, obviously with dots, when we're saying middle of the day, hot summers day in Africa, there is some dependence there on which dot you've chosen, not necessarily brand, but the specific model that you've chosen in terms of dot size and the actual maximum brightness that it can output if you're choosing a really small dot and it's quite dim, you're probably going to wash that out too. So there, there is some consideration what you choose.
2: It's also somewhere where you're going to be very careful with, um, for example, the the, the 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 tritium fiber optic RMRs from, from Trijicon. They're super durable, um, but those will very easily wash out in, in some light conditions. The, the biggest being if you're, uh, if you're standing in, in somewhere that's dark and you're aiming a gun into somewhere that's quite well lit or you're standing somewhere dark and you're using a light to project, um, you know, in, into into where you're going to shoot. Uh, they c- they can wash out quite severely. It's a similar problem with a lot of the auto adjust dots out there. Um, a lot of the dots that that have auto adjustment. Uh, and there are, there are ways we can kind of mitigate that, but the auto adjustment light dots are a lot more likely to suffer from that because the, the, the dot is, is getting its, its sensors are picking up their required degree of brightness from the dot where the gun is. They're not getting it from where the target is. So, if the target's well lit, you need a brighter dot. Um, and if the, the the gun's in the darkness and the dot's in the darkness, it's going to dim down, uh, and it may not be visible. So, that's something we need to be aware of when we when we choose a dot. It's also something we need to to train and, and, and see what that looks like. You need to dry fire and live fire, or whatever with our guns, so that we can see what it looks like in different lighting conditions.
0: While we're on the topic of discussing these things versus iron sights, um, obviously I have a stellar track record with irons. I have definitely never lost any of them three times in a row in separate matches and things. Um, I've mean, obviously- <laughs> three different guns are, as well, I on think. three different guns, yeah. Like, irons are obviously super durable and they never, ever, ever fail, except for those three times in a row. <laughs> Uh, which we won't be discussing here because that's not relevant to this discussion because they're ultra-durable. Uh, <laughs> so let's just briefly talk about, uh, because this is most people's primary concern when we talk about DOTS, is uh, durability or lifecycle dependability, um, reliability of those those optics. Um, lots of people have a, a notion that they're going to fail right out the box, which we know can be true, but isn't generally the case. And a lot of people think that they have Super short duty cycles, uh, which isn't necessarily true either, depending on what you choose. What kills dots?
2: Um, there's 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 a couple of a couple of factors. One of the biggest ones is is round count. Uh, we need to bear in mind that, that the g forces you're, you're subjecting that dot, dot to every time you pull the trigger are massive. Um, you know that that dot is 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 going through a huge amount of g's backwards, a huge amount of g's forwards. Every, time you pull the trigger and it's, it's an electronic device. So one of the things that kills dots is shooting them. Um, That has gotten a lot better. You know, if, if, if if we look at how dots have have changed over the years, I mean, I think the first person I was really aware of um, running a dot was, was Kelly McCann quite a few years ago now that I think about it, running a doctor in a, in a dovetail mount on a Glock. Um, He was like sort of the first guy to, to kind of run it. Um, you know, well-known guy, but guys have been doing it for a very, very long time on slide-mounted dots. And on a defensive pistol, that's something to bear in mind. On an IPSC open gun, and a Bianchi gun, that dot's going to be mounted on a frame mount. It's not going to move with a slide. Um, so it it's still taking a lot of force, but it's not taking the same sort of force. On a defensive gun, we're generally going to have that dot mounted on your slide. So you've got that sort of multi-directional force with the recoil of the slide moving backwards and forwards and up and down and all of that, so that's one of the things that kills them. Um, and up until recently, there were very few dots. There were up until recently there were no dots designed to live on a pistol slide. Um, you know, the Trisected RMR is one of the, the the ones with the best reputations for durability. RMR was designed to live on top of an ACOC. Um so it was designed as a as a backup sighting system for a magnified optic on a rifle. Um, that guy's discovered was durable enough to to kind of work on pistols uh that's starting to change you know the type 2 rmr has been had had more time spent on it with with pistols in mind there's aimpoint acro um you know some of the hollow sun lines and that sort of thing there's more and more that have been designed for for pistol use uh with pistol use in mind um but a lot of them were were designed to go on a long gun which is a much easier life for an optic you know Uh, it it doesn't have that reciprocation so that's one of the things that kills them um the the other thing is obviously some of them don't take well to droppings take better to dropping than others um but as Corne mentioned and it's something people often forget iron sights often don't drop well uh you know guys do the whole oh if i drop my gun with an optic it's going to break well i've seen guns dropped with iron sights where the rear sight popped out the dovetail or moved dramatically where the front sight snapped off um i've seen i've seen pistol sights especially adjustable iron sights uh fail from just from shooting as well screw fails and the, the rear sight pops up or it pops over so i'm not going to pretend that that iron sights are less are less durable than, than than optics i don't think they are um but optics are getting the durability of optics is getting better and better all the time at the moment um, the good ones are generally pretty impervious to uh out you know uh, things like water and temperature changes and that sort of thing um but it's they, they they can be damaged, as I say, either from shooting or from from dropping, hitting, whatever. And generally, and and, and there's no 100%, but generally, uh, dropping in that will often break uh, things like lenses. Sometimes they're still workable, sometimes they're not. It can break frames pretty rarely. Um, shooting them will, will often just break the electronics. So you end up in a situation with... Uh, your optic looks fine, but you either your dot disappears or your dot flickers or, or, or something like that. Um, that can be reduced; it can't be t- totally avoided. Nothing can be totally avoided. It can be reduced by getting good quality optic um, and then taking reasonable care of it and, and and reasonable sort of preventative maintenance. Optics are not for people who are going to completely treat their gun like a lawnmower. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna have an optic on your gun it's gonna need fresh batteries from time to time. And what I'm gonna suggest is that you don't wait until the battery dies, if it's a defensive gun, to replace the battery, because you're gonna find out the battery died when you pull out the gun and need it. Um, you, you, you can use them with a fair amount of sort of dust and crap on the lens, but a little bit of maintenance on the lens is gonna make it easier to, to use as well.
0: With stuff on the lens, you can generally um, superimpose the dot onto an object onto an object, even if the lens is entirely obscured, so if the lens on the back side on, the, on the, the the muzzle end is completely packed with dirt and dust and mud or whatever, as long as on that side you will still be able to see the dot projected onto that now opaque lens that you can 't see through, and <clears throat> shooting with both eyes open, your other eye will look at the target while the eye on the uh, side of the the optic will look at the dot and your brain will just superimpose those. So for the most part, crap on the lens, as long as they're not obscuring your ability to see the actual dot, even if they obscure your ability to see the target, not a big deal, not optimal, not a big deal. Something else that kills dots um, and that people need to be aware of and we'll get into more detail on this a little bit further down, but the way that you choose to mount them and the quality of the job you do when mounting them is often to blame for optics not living super long. Um, if you don't mount it properly where it is properly flush and there is no ability for that optic to, to essentially move while it's reciprocating with the slide in opposite direction to the slide, it should be fine. If it, if it moves in any way that it isn't like completely joined to the slide, you're introducing a lot more start and stop forces on that optic and it's going to die. A lot sooner. Uh, there's just no way around it. Um, so either you, you need to be fully aware of how to do this job properly, or we suggest that you get a proper gunsmith who understands how these things work to mount it for you uh, and then observe the, the proper setting times for Loctite. And then obviously use Loctite. Um, don't just screw it in and hope for the best. It's not going to work out well for you. So I think that brings us then on to the accuracy advantage that we, we mentioned. Um, obviously with DOT's you are a lot more free in the way in which you can zero them. You're not limited by a rear or front side combination, and you're not really limited by the maximum you can drift your, your rear or your front side in order to get like pinpoint accuracy. A lot of people think that the dot size matters with us substantially. Um, we know it doesn't, uh, for, the, for the most part. Even like an 8.5 MOA dot or whatever is, is still probably smaller than your front side is, realistically. Uh, And and you can you can shoot that to fantastic accuracy results, especially on targets where irons are a little bit more difficult. So if you have like a partial target, something that's partially obscured, you basically have the with good trigger control. You have the ability to choose exactly where that round goes, uh, which is quite appealing. I mean, you you've got quite a bit of experience with that. So uh. yeah,
2: I mean, obviously the dot is you know the sighting system, whatever you have in the gun, is not going to change the mechanical accuracy of the gun. So you could have a, a set of World War One 1911 style bump and hump sights. The greatest iron sights in the world are a dot. The mechanical accuracy, of the gun remains constant. The dot just makes it easier. Um, you know, it because you're not trying to line up those three sights and, and cut something in half. You're just putting the dot. And and as Cornel said, even a pretty big dot is is smaller than most front sights. Um, so you've got that ability to to kind of place the dot dots on there. Be more visually sort of aware of what's happening. Um, that comes with a downside as well. What a lot of people discover when they start shooting a dot gun is they go, "Oh, I shake a lot more when I shoot the dot." Well, it's not that you shake a lot more; it's that you can now see the shakes more. Um, you know, if if your heart's beating and you're breathing, the gun's moving. Um, we don't see it as much with iron sights; we don't see that dance as much. Whereas with the dot, uh, you, you're going to see it move around there. It doesn't matter. Um, As long as it stays in a reasonable wobble zone and you don't move the gun when you pull the trigger, everything's going to be fine. They are often easier to zero, you know, especially compared to, like fixed sights, what a lot of people have got on their carry gun is a rear sight that's adjustable for windage. um, And then if you want to adjust elevation, you need to get a different front sight or a different rear sight. uh, Whereas with, Within within sort of reason. I mean, there's something severely wrong with your gun or your mount or your dart if you can't get that zeroed at a decent right? you know at a, at a normal sort of range um, with with your pistol. So that does make it easier knowing exactly where the shot's gonna go. Bearing in mind you've got to have a, a small understanding of sort of holdover and, and, and zero as, as the range varies. You know, if your gun's zero to twenty five meters, which is what I prefer to do, prefer to do, at five meters, you're gonna shoot three quarters of an inch low, roughly. Um, depending on the usage that may mean nothing um, you know if you're trying to shoot the x of a b8 you're going to have to aim slightly high if you're trying to shoot an a zone or a zero point down zone or the upper chest of an attacker it doesn't matter um, <laughs> you know it's, it's it's not going to make enough difference that it's something to worry about and your iron sights have a small degree of that as well just people don't see it as much so they do They do, I mean, and and we see it a lot with, with, with newer shooters, Um, you know, shooters who are, who are starting out learning how to shoot um, often find it easier to learn how to aim with a dot because you're putting a dot on, on something you want to hit. It's a, it's a super basic concept. You know, it's, that, that is the description of how you aim, aim a red dot sight. Put the red dot in the bit you want to die and pull the trigger. Um, you know, when we start messing around with iron sights, well, it's a more complicated description. Is it super complicated? No. Is it more complicated? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we find exp- shooters who've shot a, a reasonable amount or quite a bit of iron sights, sometimes find that the dot adjustment is quite challenging um, because they want to focus on the dot. They don't want to focus on the target. They notice that there's a, a little bit more of a shake. Um, so there, there, there is, a I mean, there's a learning curve with anything new, but we do see Guys who, who are quite experienced with iron sights often take a little bit longer to learn how to use a dot than new shooters. Um, you know, you can give a new shooter a gun with a dot, and they'll they'll understand the concept of the dot really quickly. And it's a really nice way to introduce a new shooter to shooting. It's a little bit like learning how to drive a car in an automatic. Um, there's there's a few less things to concentrate on while you learn how this machine works, uh, and then it's at an, uh, you know down the line it's really easy just to stick iron sights. Uh, as, as an additional step, once they understand the rest of the
1: fundamentals. What I've also what I'd also just like to ask you to is, when I with my limited experience running darts, the few mm-hmm. times that I've shot it, I've found that shot calling is much simpler than what it is with iron sights. And I mean yeah. the proper, true shot calling, not an accuracy based mm-hmm. shot calling. And um, I think that that. We've covered a few times is that we don't have to line up multiple things, Mm. but also you've got constant feedback from the dot where it is and what you're doing to the gun to manipulate that dot. Do you think that's all viable and do you think that a dot's going to help somebody fast track shot calling or learning shot calling?
2: I I, I think that even if you're an iron sighted shooter and even if your primary focus is shooting guns with iron sights, there are some invented ones. To just to spending some time with the dot gun, it is definitely easy to to to, uh, to call your shot. It's it's easier to see where the dot lifted from, sort of thing. Um, mm. You know, there's a because you're you've got this bright electronic thing that's that's kind of floating there. Um, it it's easier to track track it. How it you know it's also easier to track how it how it moves, um, and. I find if you spend a little bit of time with a, with, with, with a dot gun and then you get pick up an iron-sighted gun again, it makes the iron-sighted shooting easier as well. There's definitely advantages. One of the things I noticed the first time I'd been shooting dots for a while and then and then shot an iron-sighted gun again was that all of a sudden my iron sights looked like the gun was cast in concrete. They didn't move. You know, you're used to picking up your gun and your iron sights shake around a little bit. Because the dot moves more and you kind of learn to live with that dot and that, that wobble zone, you pick up a gun with iron sights and they literally look like a picture in a marksmanship hook. It's beautiful. Um, so I definitely, I, I think it's, it, it's time well spent and, and it, it's possibly not a bad time to also cover. It is pretty easy to switch between them once you've got the hang of the dot. Um, I found it took me a bit of time to get the hang of the dot. I needed to spend some time on, on learning the dot. Um, one of the big things with the dot is it's very unforgiving if your index is sloppy. So, you know, with iron sights, as you're drawing that gun, as soon as the gun's in your perif- peripheral vision, you're getting info from that sight. So, you know, especially as an experienced shooter, th- those sights are starting to give you info that by the time you've, you've brought the gun up to eye level, if there was were any sort of mistakes or failures, Often we've, we've put a little bit of subconscious effort into, into fixing that. With a dot gun, you're trying to find that dot in that, in that small lens. So if your index isn't solid, if you're not bringing the gun up consistently, you're not bringing it up so that you can see through the lens and find the dot, you're going to notice that really quickly. So that's another advantage to iron sights. If you spend a bit of time with a dot gun so that your index gets consistent enough that you bring up that gun and the dot, you know, the, the, the dot is visible, um, that index is going to transfer to your iron sight again. Uh, so it's more efficient getting that iron sighted gun up. There's, you know, every one of those little micro adjustments takes time. Does it make the end of the world if if you're kind of messing around? No. Is that tiny little bit of difference going to make a make a difference in a gunfight? Very possibly not. If you're fighting to win a massive match where a tenth of a second could make a massive difference, you know, you you could save a little bit of time by having that consistency. So it does seem to make it, um, it does seem to make it a bit easier to go back to the irons, uh, because it's less forgiving, you know, it's, it's, it's more forgiving of some stuff, but it is less forgiving of, of weak technique. Uh, you, you see guys, you, you'll see it at matches guys who haven't spent a lot of time with their dot gun. They'll draw and then you'll get this sort of dolphin where the gun flips up and down while they're trying to find the dot, uh, and especially on strong weak weekend-only stages, you'll often see guns kind of this really fast draw and then the gun stops in the air and it goes left, right, up, down, shimmy, 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 figure eight, move, move, move. Ah,
0: there's the dot, boom. I uh, like that. That's the find the dot dance. Yes. I love that yeah. dance. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time when I try and shoot dot guns. That is really easily
2: fixed with dry fire. Um, and And the more time you spend you know, the 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 easier that becomes, but but you've got to put the effort in, especially in unconventional positions. In
0: that, So I find that I, I do that less with lower mounted optics. Mm. Um, so the, the closer the optic is to where I expect my ions to be the less dancing I do. Dovetail guns tend to be a little bit more of a problem for me. Now I don't have a ton of experience shooting dots and I certainly don't have any time on dry firing them because I don't currently have a dot gun at home, a, a pistol dot gun at home. So... I don't have the time into it to, to fix that, but I find that dot mount height does affect my ability to do it at the moment. So one of the things that we, we were talking about saving some time in matches, uh, Now the the counter to that is a lot of people when they, they get dots initially, lose the performance they had before. And it's not really because, because of their index or their draws or, or lack of ability to find the dots. A lot of that is guys trying to be super pinpoint precise. So they're trying to get that dot in the middle of the window, which is absolutely irrelevant. As long as you can see the dot, it'll work. And they're trying to shoot two perfect snake eyes shots because they can, <laughs> as opposed to going, this is good enough. It,
2: it's a, it's a definite thing because it's quite easy to shoot them accurately. Um, people often want to. Uh, so, you know, we, especially, and once again, it's that, that more experienced shooter often find, finds that learning curve. Um, you know, we, we're quite often used to, if I want to hit the A zone of a, of a target at five meters, as soon as I see a flash of my fiber or a flash of my front sight it, in the A zone, I can take that shot. Uh, now, the red dot's the same. As soon as you see a flash of of, of red or green, whatever dot you've got, in that A zone, um, the muzzle's in the A zone. Uh, what happens is, because it's so easy to shoot those little snake guys and because it's so easy to shoot the middle of the, the A zone, we often want to kind of settle it in nicely. And, and yeah, guys will slow down, not because the sighting system is slower. It's it's not. Um, I totally dis- disagree when people say that, that uh, red dots are slower up close. It's it's a thing you hear all, all the time that they're better at distance, but under 10 meters, they're slower. They're only slower if you're using them wrong. You know, it's like with iron sights. If, if, if you're trying to get a perfect textbook sight picture on a five meter A zone with iron sights, you're probably going to be pretty slow. You might you might have fun, fantastic snake eyes and you're going to get beaten by the guy who's cut the edge of the left of the A and the edge of the right of the A because those are still worth five points or in IDPA, they still worth zero down. You're going to be beaten uh,
0: by the dude who shot
2: two Charlie, Or, 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 or the guy no. who shot two charlies. Um, so yeah, it, it's because people don't use them correctly. People, people, and it it's tempting. I mean, I, I've, I've done it myself, you know, it, it's so tempting to kind of go, look how awesome I can shoot, shoot these in the same hole because the because the red dot allows that. So yeah, it's, as with anything, there's a training element, there's a practice element, they're, they're spending time learning how, how to use this thing. Um, I, I see quite a bit with, with red dots, there's a little bit of a sort of bell curve where, um, very new shooters generally pick them up quite easily. And and for a new shooter who's not going to spend a huge amount of time working stuff like the index and that, it, they're probably still going to have an easier time with a red dot because once they eventually find it, they just have to put the dot on as opposed to trying to line up sights. And then guys who spend a fair amount of time on it can do pretty good work with it. In the middle, it can take a little bit more work to get the hang of that dot because it's different to your iron sights. And if you try and use it exactly the same as your iron sights... Uh, you 're going to have a hard time, you know people want to focus on the dot because you 've spent however many years learning to focus on your front sight, and now all of a sudden you 've got this beautiful red shining thing that 's really easy to look at um and now we're saying don 't look at the pretty red thing, look past the pretty red thing uh but if you once you 've got the hang of that, it does allow it does allow great amounts of speed you You watch an IPSEC open going run again um you know, that they're running those guns at ridiculous speeds and it's not because they're point shooting. Um, they may, once again, like with answers, they may not be super aware of where that dot is, but if a dude's shooting the points, the top guys are shooting, he hasn't point shot that he hasn't, you know, that wasn't luck. I
1: think there's one thing to keep in mind with that as well. We discussed that guys tend to be over accurate with dots. And I think there's also another misconception where guys feel that they don't need to use the dot closer than 10 meters. And that's something that people need to get over and understand that you have to use the dot there. doesn't matter where you are, it has to get used.
2: Yeah, you know, from a competition point of view, um, most of the greats will tell us that if, you know, if if you're shooting, if you're giving away points on a a target closer than 10 meters, that's stupid. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, shooting two Charlies on a 25-meter target is a lot better than shooting two Charlies on a five metre target really fast and we see that all the time because guys try and just wang rounds at it so from a sport point of view you're giving away free points you know that's the the time it takes to get the dot in the A and the C at five metres it's irrelevant Um, from a defensive point of view it could be the difference between hitting something that that causes him to switch off right now and causes him to switch off just now Uh, and the closer you are the more (laughs) important that becomes so it's, it's one of those things where we want to we, we wanna take advantage of what the site does, but that in, and that involves something a lot of people don't like to do, and that's work. Um, you know, A lot of guys want a red dot on their gun because this is the solution. I put the red dot on, I can't miss. Look, I've got this Christmas light on top. It takes care of the aiming for me. It's a heads-up display. I just fire the bullet and it gets guided in, and it's, it's not that. Um, it allows you to do stuff better but, but some of the stuff is, is, is gonna take a bit of time. We generally find the longer shots, the harder shots, um, pe- people get the advantages of the red dot a lot quicker. Uh, the, the, the close, fast stuff can t- sometimes take a little bit more effort because it's, it's, it's understanding that, that you can shoot on that flash of red, not waiting for the dot to settle. And so just on a slight mounted pistol, it's moving a lot you know you've got your shakes moving it around then you're shooting it so the slides moving around recoil's moving it so that that that's that that dot is is all over the place uh and people have this urge to kind of center it down and, and and often unnecessarily shoot unnecessarily accurately if that makes sense um more smaller than the target that they need to hit
0: exactly so just a couple of things on that um with the focusing on the dot versus focusing on the target the dots on red dots and scopes in general are focused at infinity that means if you're looking at the dot it'll be blurry if you're seeing a blurry dot you're looking at the wrong thing if you're looking at the target the dot will just appear sharp some
2: people's eyes are going to see dots as funny shapes Um, if you get an astigmatism, you're often going to get a comma or a a star or a I don't I don't see any dots as perfectly round my eyes very few dots do my eyes see as perfectly round it doesn't matter
0: Yeah, but they're still s- smaller but than you your front s- side exactly but you see them you see them as a sharp thing that isn't round when mm. you're looking in the right place as opposed to a blurry thing
2: But everything's
0: blurry. So the target's blurry, (laughs) the dot's blurry, like nothing works. Uh, (laughs) The other thing is agreeing
2: with you, but you get people who pick it up, look at the dot, go, This isn't round, I can't use it.
0: I don't know. Like like nothing is round. Like just just accept that fact. Um, I've got a bit of a background in photography and the reality is that most things that people think are perfect are not. There's always something wrong with it and it's highly dependent on the individual. Now we'll get into some other stuff with, with actually looking at dots. I an <laughs> <laughs> Things are perfect. <laughs> um, the other thing is this sort of highlights the importance of shooting stuff on timers. Um, Derek said, you stick this thing on your gun, I have the magic homing beacon and now I can shoot snake eyes at 25 meters and I'm going to be fine in the gun Well, unfortunately, if it takes you 30 seconds to find the site, to then shoot snake eyes. That's not really saving you. To fix that obviously requires lots of time behind the gun, dry fire and live fire to get that right. But you have to realistically evaluate your performance on a timer um, and make sure that you're in the, the realms of, of acceptable, uh, as well, opposed to, I can shoot really accurately, but I take forever to do it.
2: Also well, related to that, your internal stopwatch, stopwatch is really unreliable. Um, so oftentimes guys will, will think that they were slower. You know, I used the red dot and it just took too long to to get the dot where I needed it or whatever. And that's why the time is important because your perception of time is determined by a whole lot of other things and it's not reliable. So especially, you know, yes, you might have a good idea of how long an hour is. You're really not good at working out the difference between a tenth and five tenths of a second or a second and two seconds often. So what a timer is going to tell you is that it may, oftentimes it may have felt slow but it wasn't. Or well, sometimes it may have felt fast and it wasn't.
0: So something else to bear in mind, just I'm just throwing it in the middle of stuff here because I don't really know where it would fit. Um, if you're shooting, and you should be shooting guns with glasses. You should be wearing iPro. Now, we understand that in a gunfight, you're not going to have iPro probably, but like when you're training and stuff or shooting matches and things, you should be wearing iPro. Bear in mind that some lenses are polarized in the, sa- in the opposite direction, same direction as your polarized sunglasses so when you try and shoot them it's black you can't see through it realize that you not all polarized lenses are going to knock out all polarized dots but if they're polarized in the same pattern it's not going to work bear that in mind don't just go oh fuck, my dots died take off your glasses first don't shoot take off your glasses make sure
2: so fun fact i went to a match once pull up pull my gun out the bag have a look at the Yeah, you know check that the dots on Shit, my my batteries died, or there's something seriously wrong here. Run all the way back to the car and it was at a at a police range, other side of Pretoria, in the middle of summer. A credit card, it was so hot that day that a credit card in my car that no, was in my car is no longer flat. I run back to the car, I grab a spare battery, because obviously for some reason there wasn't a battery in my range bag. I stick the battery in, I look at it again, same problem. Ah, oh, drama. I eventually. Lift my glasses up in the safety area to have a look, and there's this dot beaming at me. And it was that it was polarized lenses. So, from a match point of view, it's a little bit embarrassing, and you go change your, gla- your, your, your glasses. If your driving glasses are polarized, check that you can see your dot through them. Um, make sure that the, the glasses you drive with or, or whatever, you know, the, the sunnies you wear the rest of the time, check that you can see your dot through those and that it's visible. It it generally doesn't just totally disappear, but it can look like someone's dropped the the, the brightness setting down to sort of an an unusable level. So that's a really good
0: point when I check that things are compatible. Important consideration for changing to the style of optic system. It's just things people don't think about and don't realize, but it can really screw with you. It might screw you if it happens in defensive encounter, but in general, it'll just screw with you on the range. Um when you're swearing like a sailor and everyone's laughing. Uh, always fun. <laughs> always fun. Um let's talk about um sort of the 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 changes in profiles of dots over the years. And I don't specifically mean like the RMR divot on the top for, for durability. But we're seeing a massive trend in dots, dot not the dot but dot optics getting smaller uh, and getting more manageable for concealed carry. As opposed to big bulking tanks of things that we had a couple of years ago. Now there's still some of those things on the market, but they're becoming more and more appealing for concealed carry, uh, which is quite exciting. There's there's lots of interesting options out there these days. Um, lots of holsters and things that work with them really great. Um, see, carry guns. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know if, if if you're if you're running most of the sort of pistol mounted optics that that are slide mounted now, that that sort of classic RMR or um, shield or uh, hollow sun sort of shape, the single lens type. Realistically, it's going to make pretty much zero difference to how the gun carries or conceals. Uh, with, with with a decent ulcer that's cut for it, it's not going to make a difference. Um, the the bigger, old, you know, the old the, the old bulky one, you know, the old tube sights were were bigger and that's why they lived on on frame mounts and open guns. Um, there's there's sort of a couple of different schools of thoughts with regards lens sizes, Uh, You know, the RMI has got quite a small lens. There's a couple of optics with smaller lenses. Then Trigigant have now launched the SRO, which has got a giant lens. There's the SIG. I can't keep up with the models. It's the Romeo Max X3 GTI or something that is a gigantic lens. And that generally also doesn't make a huge difference to how it conceals. Uh, The bigger lens does make it easier to find the dot if your index isn't perfect, uh, you know, I've had people use the argument that a small dot lens is fine because, uh, as long as your index is right, it's it's fine. That's all well and good, but if your index isn't perfect, the bigger dot does make it a little bit more forgiving. Um, so that's that is something we found. And tied to that is is what Cornet said: um, the 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 generally the closer to where that that dot is to what you're used to on that gun. Um, the easier time you're going to find indexing that. So, if all your time on that gun yes. is with a dovetail with a dovetail mounted rear sight, uh, you know a dovetail rear uh, mount, that's where you're going to look for the dot. Uh, but yeah, as a general rule, I kind of find the lower in the slide that dot is, the, the easier it seems to track with with um, being able to find that
0: dot pretty quickly. So, what about things like I just thought of this while we were like talking. Um, does change things like, uh, shooting from retention. Obviously if you're doing a, a nice thumb pictorial, no. you shouldn't be having any sort of optic sort of impacting you and causing malfunctions as long as no. you do it correctly. So it doesn't change anything from that, that standpoint, Not as that long I've as you're
2: doing a proper found- one. Yeah. I've, I've never, I've never had an optic cause any sort of issue with that. And I've had a fair amount of optics and a fair amount of pistols, um, no it's it's a sight it's it's a it's a higher sight so uh if it's if it's you know like the the end point acro size if you're wearing a shirt that's a little bit too medium for your build, so you know that sort of end of lockdown body um it can print a little bit more at the back back end uh, It's not going to be an issue with a lot of clothing but if 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 it's tighter clothing you might have that other than that I have not really found a huge difference in in carrying the gun with the optic uh if you're going to shove a gun in your belt, it doesn't work great. But you shouldn't be shoving a gun in your belt in public anyway, because the optic's going to change the angle that it sits. It's obviously probably not going to be ideal on a pocket gun or anything like that. But uh, you know, most really good modern holsters are designed with with the ability to have optics in mind, because if you've got an optic, or, or at least it's an option. You know, if you've got an optic, cut, you can have a, the, the sight without. You can use the gun without an optic. If you don't, you can got so. Uh, No, that's not something I'd worry about.
0: Okay, I I was just wondering because I I have shot some dots. I've never shot them like from retention or anything. It's all been sort of range fun as opposed to any sort of training. I was wondering, Um, so we've, we've briefly touched on holsters and the fact that you need a holster that is cut for an optic. Now, like T said, most of the new ones, if you're buying a good quality holster, they're probably built around this already. Um, If you have an older holster, bear bear in mind that you might need to buy a new holster in order to make your dot work. Uh, Not a biggie, just be aware of it uh, because you do need a slightly different uh, sort of opening at the, the top of the holster to accommodate these things. Usually, not always, but usually.
1: Okay, so, T, if we're talking about holsters and those kind of things, whether it's competition or carry, uh, can you give us a little bit of insight onto backup iron sights that are going to match or work alongside with your dot?
2: Um, yeah, so backup iron sights, for, for those who are unsure, is, is just that. It's a set of iron sights that you can see through the optic and the idea being that uh, if, if the optic were to fail, you've got an additional aiming system. You've got a, an uh, you know, you've got a, a backup Sighting system. Uh, that is something you need to be aware of with holsters because they have to be higher to get up into the lens on on most things. Except but the only thing I can think of where that's not necessary is like on a, a low-mounted shield because it's so thin that it can it can uh, co- witness or, or you can you can have visibility for your of your iron sights through the dot. Uh, but especially with the higher sights, you know, the Vortex Razor, the, the Leopold Delta Point Pro. If you're going to have backup iron sights that that are visible through that, their sales. sails. Uh, so that those can get high enough, you know, when, when you've got a, I don't know, um, you know, like a five or six millimeter high front sight, I think even bigger, some of them. Um, oh no, I'm, I'm lying. I mean, it's like half, it's close to half an inch. I think some of them are like 10, 10 millimeters, 11, 11 millimeters. Those can have compatibility issues with holsters. Uh, sometimes you can kind of fit it in, and I've, I've had that with, a, with the holster sight combination where if you put it in, it seems to work fine. On the draw, if your draw is not perfectly straight up, that front sight graunches into it, marks the front sight, and, and can interfere with your draw. So if you're going to run back up on sights, you need to make sure that they're compatible with, uh, with the holster that you're using and that they're not snagging up. If you're drawing strong end only, weak end only, normally in funny positions, all that sort of thing as well. Um, the backup iron sight thing, seeing as we're chatting about it, uh, you know, common wisdom is that a, a a pistol with an optic must have a set of backup iron sights. You're very generally on competition pistols. You won't see them. Um, You'll very rarely see a competition, uh, you know, an IPSC production optics, USPSA carry optics or IDPA carry optics pistol with backup iron sights. Uh, You know, sometimes the guys leave the normal sights, height sights and I do, because I think the gun looks stupid without a front sight. Uh, but that you'll very rarely see sights that that come up into the lens that are visible um, because that's taking away from your, your visibility. You're losing some of that open sort of picture. Generally, on defensive guns, they recommended, I'm going to blaspheme slightly and say, they're good to have. It's not the total end of the world if you don't have. Um, yes, there is always that possibility that the day your dot decides to fail is in the middle of your gunfight and it's the day you need a 25-meter headshot. Um, in which case, if you don't have backup iron sights, you're, you're in a really shitty position. Uh, but for the typical fight, there are ways to use the body of that optic and that as a as a viable sort of system. Um, and that's something we can discuss just now. But if you're going to run backup iron sights, I don't like a full co-witness. I don't like backup iron sights. But if you're going to run them, I want them right in the bottom of the lens so that they're barely visible. Um, I don't want a lot going on. You know, you get like, three dots of tritium and then now you've got three white circles and three tritium dots and a red dot. It's, it's a lot of stuff drawing your eye back to the gun instead of target focus where it should be. Uh, and a little lesson I learned, um, and you're probably not as stupid as me, so it may not affect you, but it is something to be aware of. If you've got a red dot, don't have a red fiber optic backup front sight uh, Because I had a, a match once where I saw the flash of red on the popper Fired the shot, missed. Saw the flash on the red on the popper. Fired the shot, missed. Saw the flash of red on the popper. Fired the shot, missed. Then she worked out that the, my shots were going over the top because the flash of red I could see was the fiber optic front sight. I was, you know, it was a popper seven meters away. I was trying to go fast. Um, it was the 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 fiber front sight I was seeing and not the dot. So if you're going to run fibers, run uh you know run a different color to your dot or just get plain black ones and paint the front sight a, a, a color if you need to.
0: Yep. And this is one of the instances, well, it's always advisable to carry a torch. Always. But if your dot goes down at night and you have blacked out sights, which is probably what you want when you're shooting them as backup irons, you're going to need that torch. Um, not not just for, for target ID, which you probably would have needed it for anyway, but you're now going to need it to create some contrast with your sights. Um, so, important to make sure that your torch batteries are replaced alongside with your actual dot batteries, which brings us to a, an interesting point of contention with with lots of dots, um, the ability to change batteries quickly and without losing zero. Now there, there are some dots that allow for this and there are some dots that just, they're a bit of a cluster with this. Um, so T, let's talk a little bit about uh, battery changes in general on red dots. So,
2: your battery life on your red dot is going to vary depending on the system that the red dot uses and and the brightness you've got it set at. And so you know the the, the RMR, the SRO, the the, the Hollow Sun series are famous for really really long battery lives. Um, the the Delta Point eats batteries relatively quickly. Um, the aim, the Acro eats batteries quite famously quickly. Um, so th- there's basically two two different approaches some red dots you can change the, the battery without taking it off the gun um, which does make life a little bit easier some you've got to remove it from the gun which involves the process of removing it from whatever mounting system you've got changing the battery refitting it and uh, relocking it and then reconfirming your zero fortunately generally those ones and I, I can't speak for all red dots but most of the time the ones that need to come off generally have pretty good battery life um the ones that uh, you know so for example the delta point didn't have doesn't have a terrible battery life but if compared to an rmr or something it's a very short battery life but you flip up a cover and change it so it's really really simple the acro you unscrew screw the side of the thing um the rmr the 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 the, the Version 1 Holosuns, that's now been changed in the Version 2 Holosuns, which there aren't any in SA yet. Uh, the V2 Holosuns now have a side a side battery tray. Some of the shields have got a side battery tray. you just going to be careful with it. Um, so that's something we need to be aware of. If you're going to change, if you've got to do that, couple of things I suggest. One, don't... This is, it once again, you, you know, I, I see guys with a 12,000 Rand pistol with a 10,000 Rand optic and then when you ask them what batteries they're putting in it was the cheapest nastiest things that the petrol station had that were of that size get decent batteries uh my general recommendation based on people cleverer than me is if gerasol is an option run the gyrosol battery uh, they seem to be better built they seem to be less likely for the battery itself to be get damaged not to run out of juice um, but to get damaged um, so use quality batteries and if the advert- check what setting the advertised battery life is at. So if they say the battery life is X amount of hours, check what setting that is at. Because if that's at setting five and you're carrying the optic at setting 10, well, it's, I think mean it's logarithmic is the, is the term. So it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you've got half that battery life, you might have a 10th of that battery life.
0: So-, so what I found with that T is that uh, batteries, uh, dots rated on the off position, generally have the best battery. <laughs> so here's a here's a fun fact, and I got
2: this from a buddy of mine who works at Aimpoint. Um, he recommends, and I've heard this more than once, don't turn it off. Turn it's it big. down to its lowest setting, because when you turn it off, you've got to turn it on again, and you there's recharge a, the Apparently, and, and I'm not i I'm not I, what I know about electronics, you know. Um, but Joe, yeah, there's a bigger draw turning it on than just turning it up. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. But Joe, some some have got better battery life even if it's advertised, you know, like a hollow sun, some of the hollow suns are advertised at 100,000 hours, which is I think is more than 10 years. Uh, me, I'm going to change the battery every year. Uh, I might even change it every six months because a, a 1620 battery costs 20 Rand, I think, for a Duracell. Um, so if, if I can't afford 20 Rand every six months, I probably shouldn't be carrying a dot-sided pistol. Uh, but you're going to need to check zero. I generally find they return to a pretty good zero. Um, most of the guns I've messed around with, um, if you're, if you're tightening it properly um, and, and that's, that's a thing that, that often doesn't happen, but if you're tightening it consistently and and properly, your, your zero will be pretty close. It probably won't take a huge amount of adjustment, um, but it's something you want to confirm. I don't, I don't want to, um, change the battery, stick it on, and then carry it again for a month without checking where the dot is. It's one of the things, and, and this is an important thing, it is one of the things we back up sights so much because they can give you an idea of where the, the the dot was in relation to where it was before and after. But do not, do not, this is in capital letters, like a someone over 60 typing on the internet, um, do not slave you don't think that by lining your red dot up to your iron your backup iron sights the gun's now zeroed uh because your red dot and your iron sights may that your red dot may look like it's far away from your iron sights and be zeroed for me with my eyes generally it actually kind of ends up sitting quite close to the tip of the front sight um but don't don't go okay and i've spoken to guys now how did you zero my gun no i just I slaved it to the, the iron sights. You, you zero the iron sights and the optics separately. So don't take away the advantage of of uh, of your red dot. And something else, sorry, I'm kind of going on a bit of a sidetrack, but it does come up. You don't line up the red dot and the backup iron sights on the toilet. So the backup iron sights are just that. They're a backup. If, there, if there's no red dot, then we use the backup iron sights. If we have a red dot, we don't look at the iron sights. We, we, we pretend they're not there. Uh, and that's a mistake people make where you get guys going, no, this red dot thing's complicated because now I've got a target. I've got a front sight, a dot and a rear sight. So now I've got to line up four things instead of the three things I had with iron sights.
0: Imagine uh, if you give that guy a gun with no iron sights on it. He won't be able to shoot because he doesn't have all the things to line up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he'll probably actually shoot better because he'll just put the dot on the bit that he wants. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and and that's that
2: also brings us to there there are certain failures and and people sometimes forget this there are certain situations where the red dot could fail and we wouldn't be able to use the iron sights if you if you got um, mud or, or something in the inside of that lens so in the inside section of that lens that you can't see through the lens or something including it on the front that you can't get off um, then you're not going to be able to see the, the 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 iron sights anyway. So, especially if it's a defensive pistol, but even if it's a competition pistol, I once flew halfway across the world to have a lens fall out of a red dot halfway through a stage. Um, that was less fun than you would think. I did not win that stage, funnily enough. Um, so, we need to be able to use unconventional aiming techniques with that as well. That might be putting the, the, you know, uh, sort of Jim Cirillo silhouette point technique of kind of roughly getting the, the, the silhouette of the gun in the middle of the target. It might be, you know, one of the things guys would do with the RMR is they, they use that dip in the ears. Um, I know Aaron Cowan, I think, paints a white stripe down his RMR. But what you need to do is go to the range, switch your red dot off. Um, if you've got backup iron sights, check check how they work. And then also work on aiming with that dot taped up. Don't put the tape directly on the lens because the glue can be a mission to get off. Um, but something including those sights so that you can, you can work on what your gun needs to do. Are you going to make 25-meter headshots? Probably not. If you are, you're probably not listening to the show for info. Um, will you be able to make solid A-zone hits at five or seven meters? Without a doubt. Will you be able to make upper torso shots in a defensive position uh, situation? We can definitely. You can definitely make that happen. But don't be trying to learn that while you're in the middle of a gunfight. Um, you know, it was a point Chuck Pressburg made years ago and he's generally much cleverer than me. Um, one of the gambles we take with red dots and, and it, people get all hyper about red dots failing and all of that. But one of the gambles we take with red dots is in the five rounds of your next gunfight, that those aren't the five rounds that the dread dot's going to fail. Um, you know, if if the powers of be decide that they hate you that much, that that's the time, well, that's why we've got the various sort of backup systems. But realistically, um, you know, the, the, the chances of that being the time if you've chosen proper gear and taken good care of that gear as well, regular batteries, that sort of thing. Um, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't just dis- completely discount it, but I wouldn't base my entire defensive training around, you know, I'm I'm going to go to the range now and spend 50% of my rounds shooting with with the dot turned off because it could fail. Um, then maybe you should have bought a better dot. Um, that okay. said, and, yeah.
0: It's like doing weak hand, one-handed reloads on the range because yeah. I might get shot in my dominant hand. Yeah, you, you might. Format. But reality is that you shouldn't be spending all your time training that. Especially
2: if your five meters draw is it takes three seconds. Exactly. Uh,
0: (laughs) but if it's under that, you probably know
2: not to do that anyway. So
0: well you're probably fine.
2: (laughs) On the topics of dot breaking, and I think it's important because this is a discussion I have with with about dots every time anyone chats to me. Dots break. They're going to break. Expect the dot on your gun to break at some stage. Uh if, if I get 10,000 rounds out of a dot, I'm pretty happy. Uh, you know, it's, it's, so when you're choosing a dot, um, yeah, you want something with a decent warranty, uh, but you, you need to have a backup, uh, as soon as possible. You may have that, that out the box failure that, that can occur where you open it up, put it on the gun. And after three rounds it fails or, or it just doesn't work at all. Um, or you may have that situation where you're at a thousand rounds a battery contact snaps off, uh, and now all of a yes, so that's happened to me as well. Um, and now all of a sudden the dot a thousand and fifty rounds was the exact round count that that one went. Uh, <laughs> so you want to factor in a backup dot um, to your picture. So bear that in mind with cost as well. You know, if 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 you're buying a fifteen grand optic, that's awesome. No matter the fact that it's a 15 grand optic and it might be fantastic, you still want to be looking at buying a backup optic that's going to fit that that mount or that um or that base sooner rather than later. Uh, I don't want to be in a situation where my dot fails in the middle of lockdown or my dot fails, and I'm waiting for my favorite supplier to get a shipment and there's a delay on the shipment or they just you know whatever. Uh, or my dot fails. and I don't have money to buy a dot at the moment. Um, I want to, I want to have a a backup dot for any sort of serious use gun. Um, You know, if it's a competition gun, probably a backup pistol. If it's my carry gun, I want to have a backup dot for that uh, locked in the safe or or put somewhere safe. So that if the dot does go out or fail, I've got the ability to, you know, warranties are great. Um, but i want to have a, a another sight on my gun while i wait for the warranty and i've had to use a user warranty on some some really good products where i had really good service but it took a couple of months to get to to get the the part replaced
0: uh, so i want to have something else i can stick on my gun in, in that time i'm going to just bounce back to batteries for yeah, like three seconds before we we head on to uh to, to mounting options um Two things to be aware of is one, on some of the optics that you have to remove from the fire op in order to change batteries, there is specific parts that you need in order to change batteries. I think specifically the RMR, where you need a sealing gasket, where you need to replace that, otherwise you'll, you might have some problems. Be sure to keep some of those things in stock if you're running an RMR or an SRO. Or, I don't think the SRO needs that. I think the SRO is not top because
2: no, it's a top battery.
0: Yeah. So if you're running an RMR, be, be aware that there is a gasket that you need to have on the gun and you will probably need to replace that every time you take it off the gun in order to change the battery. Not a not a big thing, but don't like take you, it off to change the battery and the batteries dead and then go, oh, fuck, I don't have one of these. I'm just going to leave it out because uh, you're probably going to kill that optic when it rains. Um, reality. The other thing is optics have a slightly different um cost of of operation cost of running uh depending on which batteries they take and i mentioned this specifically because of the acro Um, the acro's batteries are slightly more massive but slightly more expensive but they're hard to find so you're you're spending a lot of money up front because you have to buy a an absolute basket full of batteries to be sure that you have some that shouldn't be a a reason for you to not select the optic it's fine Um, just be aware that if you're running an optic with a slightly harder to find battery, make sure that you have some spares, not just in your range bag and in your safe, but maybe hoist in them your, in your cubby hole in your car or something. Um, if it's a top mounted to change battery, as opposed to a, a, a you have to take it off, because then you're not going to replace, you're going to your backup irons. And, and
2: related to that, a, a buddy of mine in the battery um, business gave me this advice. Keep a spare battery in your range bag or, or wherever. Keep the rest of your batteries in a cool place because yep. batteries get don't like heat. So what happens, and I've made this mistake, if you leave the batteries in your car because then you've always got access to them and you're reducing the life on the batteries. So have an emergency spare battery, um, especially with the top mount, it's easier, but the, and, and the place he recommends you keep your sa- your, your batteries is your safe because it's generally pretty cool and pre- pretty temperature stable. Yep. So don't keep, you know, don't keep all your batteries and, and be careful buying 100 batteries at once because they also have a best before date. So,
0: Exactly. Make sure that they're in date. Don't leave them in the sun and stuff. So don't leave your entire supply in the car. But it, yeah. it is sensible if you have a top loader to, to have a battery in the car that you can change to. And um, even a bottom loader. Same thing with your yeah. flashlights.
2: Yeah. And even if it's a a normal bottom loader, you know, like have a a spare battery that's not great is better than a dead battery. Uh, Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, Just to finish off with batteries, uh, with the optics that you have to remove the entire optic from the gun to change the batteries. When Mm -hmm. you're going to do that, keep in mind that you want to follow a a strict process of how you do that. You don't want to attack and maraud the gun and just change the battery and put everything back together follow a process of removing the optic from the gun, replacing the battery, and then reverse that process to reinstall the optic onto the gun. And then that way you better guaranteeing that you're gonna hold zero on the gun. Because I maintain Satcha's gun, that's what I've always done with her optics, and I've never had a zero issue after changing batteries on her Noblex or the doctors.
0: Yep, just bear in mind that if you just attack the gun and you just sort of go after it, um, you may end up stripping screws and things. Be, be, Be sensible when you're taking these things apart. And have um, spare screws. Have, have spare screws and use the right type of Loctite. Yeah. Um, uh, blue. If you use the wrong sort of locker, you're sort of screwed. The, the
2: other thing related to that, and it's also why, change your batteries when you want to, not when you have to. The amount of time I see guys... Now, it's one thing, once again, with an open gun or a or top-mounted battery where guys are get to a match and discover that their battery is dead and have to go to a safety area and quickly and change it. To do that with a with a with an optic you've got to cha- take off is a ballack, so once again, it's a 20 rand battery. Uh, if every six months or before every match, you care about whatever you throw with. with, with when I was running the Delta point, basically every couple of months, or, or if there was a nationals coming up, I threw the battery away and put another battery. In. Um, and it's a good idea. If, especially if you've got a, one that you need to take off the gun and re-zero and let Loctite set. And remember, Loctite wants about twenty-four hours to set, um, with, without getting shot. So, rather do that a week or two before the match, so you can make sure that battery's fine. Let it let it set. Get all of that. Get it zeroed. Then have to do that in the safety area and then be tightening screws between st- which I've seen uh, tightening screws between stages. Have spare screws. Uh, because especially with the Loctite, some of them are going to get stripped. Some of them are going to get damaged. Um, so, so have spare screws as well.
0: Also remember, there's a bit of a cleaning process that you need to go through if you're resetting Loctite. You can't just have your gun full of black like, oil and think you're going to set the screws on that thing without cleaning it up. It's not going to hold. Um, and you're probably going to end up killing an optic eventually because you now have introduced movement between your optic and the, and the slide. That's a surefire way of causing premature death on an optic. Um, just something I want to touch on very quickly, T. Before we move on to the to the next thing that we want to discuss, is uh, cleaning of optics. Now we know that some optics require special cleaning, uh, and some just don't care. Can we talk about that briefly?
2: Yeah, there's a there's a couple of optics with polycarbonate lenses, um, Shield, and, and there's a new also Siguen, the Vivo. I, can't, I cannot keep up with their names, but there's a new Sig 1 I think it's the Romeo Zero. Uh, I think that have polycarbonate lenses, you need to be a little bit more careful with those. You, you can't just wipe those with your t-shirt um, because they're a lot easier to scratch. So uh, one of the suggestions I've been given on those is a Leopold lens pen, which I'm going to mess around with on, on, on my Shield. Um, Shield, I know, have a whole video on on how to keep them clean. So rather than trying to describe it here, if you're into to YouTube and Shield sites, there, there's a video. Um, and I think it'll probably apply similarly to the... The, um, the SIG optic with the polycarbonate lens. And there's a couple of other manufacturers as well. Uh, some of them are, are OEM'd. Um, so yeah, you need to be careful with those that you just don't wipe it with a t-shirt. Uh, you probably shouldn't wipe any of them with a t-shirt, but we generally do. Uh, but once again, the dirtier and, and gunkier and the more grease and oil in that you let get on that lens when you wipe it off, the more chance you have of scratching it. And yes, I've seen even that optic with a scratched lens. So uh, be aware of no, no matter what, what you, you know, this is like idiots doing Glock versus CZ debates on, on Facebook forums um, or Facebook groups, no matter what your favorite brand of optic is, I've probably seen a break. Um, and if I haven't seen a it break, it's still broken. Um, so, so don't fall for the, well, I use the, actually, I don't know if any input, Acro is breaking yet, but um Actually, maybe <laughs> um, I haven't seen one break, right? uh, but guys do the, Oh, it's okay. I've got brand X, so it's fine. Well, I possibly, I've probably seen brand X break, and I may have even have seen brand X scratch. So yeah, just pay attention. It's 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 like the lens on a scope. You know, I, I don't carry, and and I think you're crazy if you try and carry the gun with the optic with the little dust cover on. Um, because that's just something to get in. The, you know, I've seen that, and it's it's madness. Um, but it's covered under your, your, your shirt. Blow it out. Um, you know, get get some some compressed air. Get the the, the air, and
0: don't take sharp things and go dig in there uh, because that that causes all sorts of excitement. Also, be careful of chemicals. Um, some optics are glass, and it may be fine. Some as T said is of poly whatever the fuck, plastic. Um, You you, you get something with like a benzene based cleaner on there and you're going to like have frosted glass in no time. Don't do that. Um, Others have like, uh, you you have special coatings on lenses, same as you have on your top quality rifle scopes and the same as you have on like uh, photography lenses. You have coatings to manage light and light spectrum and things. You strip that off. You're probably going to have an optic that is no longer what you bought because you're no longer going to get the contrast of the dot because it now has nothing to project on and to filter out the the light that it, it needs to fight with uh, from from ambient light. So there are ways to clean these things. Look it up for your specific optic to make sure that you are doing it correctly. That's basically all you need to know. Look at your specific optic for this.
2: And sometimes RTFM. Yes. Um, In capitals. But, What does that stand stand for? Read the fucking manual.
0: (laughs) Uh, Did you read that in the manual? No, I don't read the manual. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Two two weeks of buggering
2: around will save you 15 minutes of reading the manual every time.
0: Yeah, I I enjoy the two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I call it a learning experience.
1: Okay, I think the... The next thing that we want to discuss is moving into the installation of the optics and the variety of different mounting options that you have. Uh, I think T should run us through those those options and then we can discuss the various ideas around installation of the optic onto the gun.
2: Yep. So- The three sort of most popular, I can see once again discussing slide-mounted optics on a a carry gun or a production optics or carry optics gun. The three most common things we see, the the, the easiest if you've got a gun already, is a rear sight dovetail mount. There's generally some sort of mount available for pretty much every gun where you knock out the rear sight, you stick in a, a, a dovetail mount, um and you you pop your optic on there. So advantages to that, there's no cutting, there's no permanent changes on your gun. It's it it's completely reversible. Um it's generally the cheapest sort of option if you've already got a gun, uh, because you're just buying a twelve hundred Rand plate as opposed to cutting a slide and, and anything like that. Um and they can be used with really good effect. Um I've seen a, a fair amount of matches won by guys running dovetail mounts. Um I mean uh Garrett's much better half, Sasha, has done really, really good work with a dovetail mount and a CZ shadow. She's uh, when when it comes to ladies' production optics, she's pretty close to unbeatable in in, in SA at the moment. Beats a lot of the boys as well. Um, so the downsides from from a from a carry point of view, obviously you've you've got the downside of of there's there's n- unless you've got the direct defense mount, there's no way to really have backup iron sights. Um, it does sit that little bit higher. Um, which which brings its own challenges, and the the, the mounting of it, you need to uh, you need to be a little bit you've got to be careful that you you put the dovetail mount in um, correctly so that that's perfectly centered. Uh, you know, some of them are just a plate, and you've got to get that centered. Um, Shield have actually got quite a nice system where it's kind of self self sort of centering. Uh but yeah. So the dovetail mounts. Um, Quick, you know, pretty easy. You know, if you if you've got a gun and and you want to try a red dot this weekend, there's a good chance. Well, when we can shoot again, there's a good chance you'll be able to find that dovetail mount for it unless it's some sort of weird thing made in Albania. Um, and you can pop that in and 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 try out the optic, the, the 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 dot life thing. And often I've recommended to people if they want to give it a go, is do that, stick a dovetail mount on, and see how you feel about running. You know, spend some time on the red dot before you, you commit to it. Uh, the next way is more and more manufacturers are, are p- supplying pistols that have some sort of mounting system. Um, Glock's MOS system, Smith & Wesson's core system. Most of the manufacturers now have some sort of way of mounting an, a, a red dot to your gun. Uh, may not be on all the guns, but it will be an option generally advantages there generally they come with a variety of plates or there's a variety of plates available for them where you can you can change optics so with the way optics technology is change, changing and bearing in mind they don't there's not a universal footprint it's not like picatinny or or the sort of or like you know a light rail it's a whole lot of manufacturers have got different sort of footprints. So if you cut your gun to fit a whatever, a, a Trigicon RMR, you're not going to then, at, at Leopold Delta point, it's not going to fit the same cut. So the advantage to those those MOS systems or, or those those multiple, uh, the, those plate systems that the manufacturers do is if someone comes out, you know, Swarovski decide to launch the greatest pistol optic in the history of the world ever next week. All you need to do is change the plate and you'll have the ability to, to run that downsides. They might be slightly higher than a, than a a, a direct mill cut in the slide because there's the additional plate. Uh, And you've got to be a little bit more careful about fitting because often there's an extra set of screws. Uh, I've run a lot of rounds for a lot of MOS guns and I've, I've been around a lot of MOS guns that have run a lot of rounds without issue uh, but you do need to once again RTFM. A lot of people over-tighten the screws, um, and, and that, that, that's an issue. You know that the, the manual says to hand-tighten it, and some people think that means hand-tighten it by kick-starting it. Uh, so you need to make sure it's mounted properly. Sometimes with the optics, the, the the screws that come with them can be a little bit long for a system like that. I had that with my first Holosun; where I had to grind the screws down a little bit. Otherwise, it's set up at a bit of an angle. Um, you need to let the, the, the thread locking compound, whatever you're using, set properly. If you do that, generally, they work really, really well. Um, And as I say, they're easier to change optics. I don't recommend changing optics willy-nilly because I've had more than one trip to a gunsmith to drill out a strip screw um, because I've changed optics willy-nilly. I would get something quality and a backup one so you don't have to change plates. Um, The third option is to, to direct mount your slide, so to cut your slide for a particular optic. Advantage there, if it's done properly, is that we've got the least amount of sort of movement Possible, you know, we don't we don't have an additional plate. We've got a mount directly at the slide, an optic mounted directly into the slide. Um, if it's done properly, you've got a little bit of additional support, and you can have it a little bit lower. So, if you can if you can get a nice job, it can work really well. But once again, bear in mind you are married to that optic. So, if you've cut it to fit a vortex venom, that's awesome. But you need to understand. You, you're going to be using vortex venoms for the rest of that slide's life, unless something else comes out with a similar footprint. Uh, Hollow Sun were clever with most of theirs, where they share a footprint with the Trigican RMR and SRO series. Um, so, and I, I do I foresee that happening a little bit more in future. That more and more manufacturers are going to try and use something similar. Um, Sig have got some stuff that's Delta Point compatible, um, and I think their little Romeo Zero is is Shield compatible. Um, but as a general rule, if you've cut that slide, whatever you've cut it for is is the optic that that slide's gonna live with. That can be awesome. you know. If you've cut it for an RMR, as an example, you've got a series of really good optics you can put in that slide. An RMR, the SRO, or the various hollow zones. If And I've seen this, if you've cut it for some weird off-brand thing I've never heard of because it was 500 grand cheaper than a good optic, if that thing doesn't work, you may be stuck with just buying one of those off-brand sights every 75 rounds. If you're going to do the cut route, think very carefully about it um, and, and make sure that it's it's worth the expense and, and, and worth going for the rest of this gun's life. This is the optic it's going to use.
0: Just something to bear in mind, since we mentioned the SRO specifically. Uh, the SRO, because of the, the, the larger lens that it has and the need for it to sit in the same profile as an RMR while still having a top accessible battery means that they have a weird little hump in it and the lens actually sits forward uh, of the front of where an RMR would be. If you cut your gun for an RMR, most guns is probably gonna work just fine. Uh, some guns you might have some interference with the ejection port from, from that, depending on how far forward you cut that optic. that then, do a little bit of research before you go for something like an SRO specifically because that problem does exist. It's it's rare, it doesn't happen on most guns, but...
1: And from another technical perspective, uh, it sounds easy to just slap a dovetail mount into your rear sight slot. Um, On some of the rear sight dovetail mounts that you do get for your optics, it's not simply a case of slapping the dovetail into your slide. You do need to make sure that it fits properly. If you've got too tight a fit, you can warp that plate, and then obviously your (laughs) optic's not gonna sit right and then you're going to uh, reduce the life of the optic. And the other way around is if the dovetails too loose in your gun, it's going to be able to move around, and therefore your optic's going to move around, and you're going to reduce the life as well. Yep,
0: absolutely. That's a, yep. Because the, the fact of the matter is that the plates are not necessarily made to the same quality standard as other things. Um, they're like sights on 1911s. They're, they require fitting as opposed to being absolute precision. You just put it in with a mallet or whatever you do on other guns.
2: As a general rule, the plates are a stop uh, or the dovetail mounts are a stopgap. Um, there was a time where that was the option, and as I say, it was workable, and you're probably not going to get killed in the streets because you have one. But but it is a it's a stopgap solution. It it's not it's not the ideal endpoint. Uh and whatever gun you've got, you're probably better off um either buying the model that is optic compatible if you're buying a new gun now, so CZ Optic ready or a Glock or a smith core or whatever um or uh, if you've got the gun already and you're married to optics is is getting it moulded and make sure whoever moulds it knows what they're doing
0: two things i want to discuss um one is your day-to-day life with an optic specifically as a as a, as a defensive gun do you mm-hmm. check it in the morning do you check it midday do you check it in the evening um obviously for for competitions generally you have the opportunity to check that the optic before the gun comes out the holster to actually shoot. Uh but what is the, the li- day in the life of a dude who carries an optic for defensive purposes? So the
2: th- there's two sort of basic forms of of optic light or, or brightness adjustment. Um some optics you uh, are automatic adjustments, so they'll have some sort of sensor which which will adjust them. Uh, and some are, have manual adjustments, and, and some have both. Um, Trijicon, uh, Hollow Sun have, have a system where you can you can either have it uh, auto-adjust or, or manually adjust. Uh, um, the downside to auto-adjust, like we discussed earlier, is that there are situations where the lighting around the gun is, is dimmer, so the dot dims, and then you can't see it against the target. So... Uh, as a general rule, most people will recommend a, um, a manually adjustable optic on a carry gun. Um, my advice, if you're going to go with an auto adjust is to get one of the really big dot, but that's something we can discuss just now. Uh, but I find the bigger dot just is more visible under more light. Uh, but with a manual adjustment, I, I, I've had guys tell me about, you know, and, and, and people I respect. So no, you know, if you're walking into a dark room, you kind of, push the button up one or two. And if you're going somewhere bright, you, you know, would you push it down at, at, at a, a notch or two? And if you're going somewhere brighter, you turn it up. I don't think that's realistic. Um, because most of us, our job is not carrying a gun. Sometimes it's, you, you, you're going to make the gun more visible by messing around with it. Uh, and very likely you're going to forget because you're going to the movies with your family and you're not, Thinking about adjusting brightnesses, you're thinking about getting popcorn and watching the wonderful movie, which is part of life. So, as a general rule, um, I'd rather have too bright than too dull. Uh, you know, if, if if I'd rather have the, the the dots set to a brighter setting and have a little bit of um, glare uh, and, and, and flare uh, when it's darker than have a dot I can't see when it's lighter. You know, that that same sort of aiming concept it's kind of relates to the Bindon aiming concept that Kune mentioned earlier of having a bit of glare so I can't see through the lens properly when it's dark. With both eyes open, I can get a reasonably good idea of of getting the dot onto the target. Um, so I, I check it, uh, you know, when I get up in the morning, I check it. When I go to bed at night, I check it. Um, but as a general rule, I'm not running around adjusting dots all the time. I'm I'm kind of putting it on a on a setting. And and your dot, your eyes, you've got to just sort of mess around. But you want something where I, I want to be able to point my gun in safely in the direction of of a lot of really bright light and still have a dot visible. Uh, if you've got a weapon-mounted light. Uh, I need to make sure that if I shine my weapon-mounted light on a reflective surface, my dot is on a setting that it's bright enough that I can see it. Um, and as I say, you're going to have to mess around with that a little bit. But I'd rather have it a little bit too bright than a little bit too dark. Uh, if you're going to have, if you've chosen a light, an optic, a, a, a dot that's auto-adjusting, um, as I say, I, I found that the bigger dots wash out less. So if I'm gonna buy a shield for a carry gun, I'm gonna buy an eight well, if I'm gonna buy a shield in general, I'm gonna buy an eight MOA shield, not the four MOA shield, because that does a better job of uh counteracting the, the other light. Uh, but it is something we need to be really aware of. Um, you know, they're not just a case of put it on and forget about it. Uh the new RMR Type 2s, the SROs, I think it's after it's 14 or 18 hours, they go back. If you haven't tested an adjustment, they go back to um, auto-adjust. Uh, so that's something to bear in mind with them. Um, the hollow suns, you can flip between auto-adjust and and manual. Um, but as I say, generally auto-adjust doesn't always – I found a couple of lighting conditions where – The auto adjust dot i couldn't find it so i'd rather have a manual adjustment um and set a little bit high uh or as i say if you're gonna have an auto adjust lots of brightness
0: yeah and the other the other auto adjust thing that you get is uh, auto off where in some optics you need to click the button during the day to stop the thing from going to sleep now i I know that most of those is when you draw them the the motion's supposed to wake them back up but there there are optics that do auto off for auto standby and you need to be aware of that when you select that as a carry optic you need to know that they do that you know i've i've
2: never i've never managed to like with the hollow sun with their shake awake i've never managed to to move one uh without it switching on again um apparently you can switch off that that feature i've never tried or never bothered because I'm not very clever um the the delta points also got a similar sort of thing um that is one of the. If that stops working, that's generally one of the first signs that your Delta Point stopped working. Was um, is, is on its way out. Um, great optics, great great optical quality, great brightness, uh, but uh, that that is often a, a giveaway that that your optics on its way out is if that that move that shake away on there it stops working. Um, if it's an optic that after however many hours is going to automatically switch off unless i press a button i'm not going to carry it that's fine for, for for a competition gun um but on a on a carry dot once again i'm not thinking about the dot on my carry gun and i don't want to have to think about the dot of my carry gun while i'm stepping into a meeting and trying to make a living or while i'm dealing with whatever um you know my gear is supposed to support that so uh, it, it, it's something to check out. If you can't switch off that feature, it's not an optic bar for carry.
0: Exactly. That leads us into the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and you've sort of touched on it already, is uh, dot size and dot shape. So obviously I want a, a, a 2 MOA, 2.2 MOA <laughs> triangle, right? <laughs> because I need that, that pinpoint precision on the top. So I'll zero the top at 25, and I zero the bottom flat edge at three, right? Yeah, no, that sounds perfectly legit. If <laughs> I got this wrong, <laughs> I am fucking with everyone. <laughs> Let's talk dot shape and uh and, and sort of dot size.
2: So the, the, the three the three most common things Leopold uh did a did a triangular dot. I by the looks of things, they've now discontinued that. Um I could be wrong, but I couldn't find it on the website the other day when I was looking. Uh, most of them are round or roundish, um, and then some guys do some interesting things with rings, which we can discuss just now. There are different schools of thought, and and it's one uh, it's one of the, the times where I'm going to say no one's right or wrong. So I can just give you my 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 experience, my belief. I like big dots, and I cannot lie. Um, the the one MOA the two MOA dots can be super precise. They're great for shooting B eight to twenty five yards. Um, f- for me, what I found, and I found this with a fair amount of shooters, the smaller dots look like they shake more. Um, they relatively move in the um, in, in the in the lens more. I can find I find them a little bit harder to, to pick up and to track. And within a a reasonable accuracy standard for a pistol. I don't find them any more accurate. Um, So if I'm shooting B8s at 25 with a a 2 MOA, 4 MOA, 8 MOA, none of the dots make a difference to my ability to shoot accurately. The bigger dot makes it easier for me to shoot fast, especially on big close targets for me, um, because I've got a, a bigger, more visible thing shouting. I like a bright dot and I like a dense dot and, and it's hard to describe but I don't like a washed out sort of orangey looking dot. Um you know so I, I've had really good results with a two and a half moa uh delts point because I turned it up really bright so it looks bigger um and and that's a really nice bright bright dot so I I, I would suggest going with a big dot and as we mentioned earlier even an eight moa dot is probably narrower than your front sight. Um, the little ones for, for a defensive pistol or a practical pistol, that makes, I don't think that makes sense. If we look at the, the result, I think the last year's PSA carry, uh, uh, carry optics nationals, I was looking at a, at a thing the other day in the top 10. Most of the guys in the top 10, as I recall, had a, in fact, I think all except maybe one or two, had a 6 MOA or bigger dot. Uh, now, I believe in law enforcement, they call that a clue. Uh, when I spoke to a whole lot of open shooters here, when I started messing around with dots, a lot of them are also talking about running a six MOA dot or thereabouts. So this the current sort of fatu- infatuation with smaller dots, some guys can do really good work, some guys can shoot better than me than me with them. Uh, I think as a general rule, you're better you're better set with a, with a big dot or bigger dot, sort of that that six to eight MOA. And bear in mind, while MOA should be a precise measurement, it's not. Um One manufacturer's 4 MOA and another manufacturer's 4 MOA are often very different. Um, So you pick up manufacturer A's 4 MOA and it's half the size of manufacturer's B's. So try and have a look at the dot. As I say, I I quite like quite a big dot. Um, uh hollow sun and i doing an 8 moa ring on a um on a 407 variant i just picked one up i'm about to put it on a gun i'm playing with that looks quite interesting and something i've been playing with and a buddy of mine has been playing with is on the the hollow suns with the 32 moa ring which sounds ridiculous to everyone um switching the center circle off and and using just that ring is shockingly effective um and I think part of it, it's like the bigger dot. It looks like it shakes less. And if it looks like it shakes less, you're li- less likely to get that El snacho effect where you go, dots moving, dots moving, dots moving. It's on, it, it, it's there, fire now. Um, you, because it moves less. And I think with that ring, you're also getting that same effect. It's. I didn't think it would work. Um, I, I tried it because someone had said it would work and I kind of tried it to prove them wrong and ended up proving myself wrong. Um and I think part of it is because you're surrounding something, you don't get that same, I need to fire the shot now. And, and that's where I think the smaller dots can let you down uh, because they're more likely to induce that else snatcher effect.
0: So what I found shooting some of the hollow suns um, with the, the circle dots, and I think they were 8 MOA, not 32, is I didn't like no, the ring. The 8 MOA just landed in the country the other day. And it's a well, tiny circle. I- don't know what size the one that I shot, um, but it doesn't matter. I didn't like a circle with a dot. I found that to be too um, obstructive, too, too, too visually busy. Um, yes. Having the dot or having the circle was fine, but having the circle dot for me was too distracting. Um, you, if you it, shot my old hollow sun, it was the it's 32 MRA dot. It was the 32. It was yours. Shooting it with just the circle, no problem. Um, like I, I didn't struggle for accuracy doing that. It, it wasn't like a, I'm now hitting something over there as opposed to I'm hitting what I'm aiming at. It was perfectly serviceable and, yeah. and it was fast. It was, like I said, you're not trying to, to perfectly center that dot. You're just going, is that thing somewhere within this circle? Let it have it. Fantastic.
2: Bear, bear in mind, that 32MA circle is roughly 8 inches or 25 meters. Yep. That's roughly an A zone. Um, it's, you know, it, it, that, that's kind of what people sometimes forget with that sort of thing. It's, it's still, it, and, and your, 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 your eye is quite good at centering things in circles. That's how ghostwriting sites work. That's how peep sites work because our eyes like to center, center things in circles as opposed to in squares, um, so yeah there, there's a lot to be it's an interesting concept i'm not saying everyone should go out buy one of those and switch off the center circle or the center dot uh but it's it's definitely worth a try
0: there's obviously the green now too um i don't know i, I know Hollison's doing it i don't know if anyone else is doing it yet uh the, the green dots are green green dotted red dots are pretty cool yeah green red dots as opposed to red red dots um, <laughs>
2: uh yeah Holosun are doing a a green and a gold um the uh, and I had a blue prototype at last shot show which was very odd um I know ear do a green but it's not a pistol sight and then often some of the the rubbish has an option of green or red the green pops really nicely um I, I, it seems just messing around. It seems a bit more forgiving on uh, auto adjust as well because it pops really nicely. Uh, men, as we get older, often see green better than red. Um, the downside, as I understand it, is that battery life is a bit reduced uh, and you know, visibility. For some people, the red works better. For some people, the green works better. I, I really like the green. Um, I, I think it, it works really nicely. And then a lot of, also, jokes out on a competition, gun on a lot of the ranges we shoot here um, there's lots of reds and browns and we often shoot sort of you know tan targets and that so the green can pop quite nicely against that i don't think it's a game changer i don't think it's the end of the world if you don't have one but it's definitely worth considering
1: yep
0: so the human eye is something approaching twice as sensitive to green as it is to red or blue and the way that you're not going to get into too many details, but as you get older, the things that are used to collect light, that is red or blue age more rapidly and deteriorate more rapidly. And you can see that when you enter like twilight and things, even if you have young eyes, what you lose is color. You get greens as your, your, your sort of base brightness, but you start losing red and blue, which is why green sites are fantastic. Uh I, I like green fiber optics, I like green like HD front sights. Uh, and I'm quite sort of ammo curious of the, uh, the of the green dots. Those those look really appealing to me. Now they're they're definitely worth playing around with. I uh I read
2: something the other day and I unfortunately can't remember the ratio, so don't quote me, but it was it was along the lines of at 40 you need like four times more light um to see in darkness than at fifteen. Uh and I think that brings us to, to an important thing about dots, and, and it's it's often the big thing people think about. As we get older, our eyes will deteriorate. Some people's more than others. Um, my eyes are not what they were two years ago. Uh, and I can still shoot iron sights. I can still see iron sights. I know a fair amount of guys who um, struggle to see iron sights, whose, whose eyesight has reached the point now where iron sights are not easily visible, or, and you know, guys start messing around with different types of glasses and and different options like that. Often a red dot's a big advantage there. Uh, you know, what, One of the, the, the things we've seen in the competition side is uh, the introduction of things like production optics has allowed guys who didn't want to go buy an open gun, which until then was the only option for a dot, to now shoot an, a, a dot gun so be able to see, be able to aim um, without corrected vision or without glasses, where one eye is, you know, one eye is focused at, at arm's length and one eye is focused further away, or or silliness like that. And then the defensive thing: when you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, and you know your eyes are still focusing, or you've taken a blow to the head, or as happened to a mate of mine in a home invasion, you've been pepper sprayed. Um, those are all things, or, or you've just gotten older and, and, and you're struggling to see sights properly those are all things where, where the dot can have an advantage as well because it's an easier thing to see um, and because we're target-focusing.
1: Yep.
0: As you get older, you're also going to have um, the, the, the act of focusing your eyes, even if your, your vision is still good in terms of absolute resolution, um, you're going to get slower in shifting focus between near and far. Which means that if you're just staring at something in the distance, target focused, and you don't need to go target focused back to front sight, target focused back to front sight, you're going to gain some speed advantage that you couldn't gain in any other way except for something that gives you target focused shooting. And that'll obviously help the younger guys too, uh, because you don't have to do that shift, but it's going to help guys that are aging, go girls. A lot more because you have reached a, a a physical barrier where that stuff is getting slow for you, regardless of what you do.
2: So, it's kind of long story short, the TL, TLDR version. Dots have a lot of advantages. They do. They do require a little bit of effort to to maximize those advantages. Uh, if you want to mess around with dots, easiest thing for starters is if you know someone with a dot pistol, ask them if you can shoot it. Uh, if you want to jump into it yourself. Uh, get a quality dot, um, spend some time with it. And my general advice is also don't shoot a hundred rounds and go, Ooh, this is weird or different or difficult and take it off and go back to your old sites. Spend a couple of thousand rounds, spend some time, dry fire, spend some time getting to know it and and getting the advantages and, and seeing the benefits. Uh, Buy decent gear, as with everything. You don't have to be rich, and I'm not saying you have to buy the 15,000 rand option, though that can be really nice. Uh, But also, sometimes saving 500 rand isn't worth it. Do a bit of research, look at, you know, I can recommend a couple of things at the moment, uh, but that can change. And and even with a good one, you might get a failure. If you get a Trigicon, if you get a Hollow Sun, weirdly enough, um, they work really well. If you get, you know, if you get a, um, a lot of guys are big fans of the Vortexes, uh, I've had some good results with the Delta points, the the, the Leopolds. I've also broken a couple, broken everything. Um, but get a good quality dot. Uh, spend some time learning out, uh, learning how it, how it works. Spend some time dry firing it, and I'm pretty sure that you'll you'll be a convert pretty quickly.
0: Awesome, that makes sense. So, as we're leading out of the uh, the the dot discussion, and I think T has wrapped that up nicely for us. I would like to mention an interview that we have uh, uh, with Grant Chancellor Madison, who uh, has rapidly risen through the ranks of pistol Future in Ipswich in South Africa. Uh, he shares some of the insights of how he did that and uh, how he's continuing to do that hopefully into the future. Uh, that's a fantastic interview. We've already recorded it. I hope we'll see you guys there for that one. It'll make you moist.
1: Yeah. So that was, that covered the, the dot show quite nicely. I hope everybody liked it. Get out uh, and listen to Grant coming up soon. And obviously if you're enjoying the content, please give us some feedback. Give us a rating of at least six stars. If you give us five, we'll manage with you. Uh, I'd also just like to mention that I've just created a Facebook page for myself called Gaz uh, Dash Competitive Shooter. If you'd like to, and you want to get some good content on the shooting side of things, please give it a like. We'll be uploading content there regularly.
0: Yeah, Gaz is actually running some, some stuff on YouTube that's going there, some not supplemental material to to this but he's doing some fantastic material where there's actually visuals involved because it's video uh well worth following that man is a beast
2: so uh please remember we have a facebook page as well um welcome to the gun show so if you could like that share that uh we we post what's happening there we're very, very keen to do a, a listener Q and A show in the in the near future. It's not going to be live, um, but uh, we're very keen to do one of those. So if you if you want to send us questions, you can you can direct message them to the page. Uh, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. You can email Cornell Put a, an email address in the uh, show notes because not everyone works out what defense how you spell defensa, But uh, it's info at dot Um, But we'll put that in the show notes, but don't be scared to to send us questions to the, on the Facebook page. um, And uh, we'll be looking forward to that as well. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for for, um, paying attention through this whole thing. And uh, we'll see you next week.